0: V.I. Shots episode number 35. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of V.I. Shots. My name is Michael Ivaliotis and this is the show devoted to the world of LabVIEW. With each episode, I bring you interviews, discussions, and share with you ideas on software engineering with LavVIEW. Well, thank you all again for joining me on this episode of VI Shots. I'm your host, Michael Ivaliotis. Today, as always, I have a guest interview. However, before I get into that, I'd like to tell you about a special version of VI Shots that I'm bringing to you live. No, it's not what you think. I'm not going to do it in person in front of an audience. This is even better. You don't even need to buy tickets or travel long distances. In fact, you don't even need to leave the comfort of your computer chair. Well, I guess you've probably figured it out. I'm probably doing it online. And uh, that's true. Uh, I will be joined by my friend Jack Dunaway from Wirebird Labs, who will be my guest host. And we will also have Darren Nattinger from National Instruments, and Chris Relf from VI Engineering. Uh, the four of us will be talking about sustainable careers in LabVIEW and community development. This VI Shots Live event is happening on Google+. I'm going to use Google Hangouts on air. Uh, this is a new technology. I haven't used it uh, for this before, but um, we're hoping it'll all work just fine. <laughs> you don't need a Google Plus account to watch the live event, but you will need one of you will need an account if you want to ask questions live during the event. So uh, I'm hoping that everyone will sign up and join in during the event and ask questions uh, of all of us. All the information on how to watch is available at vishots.com slash live. Uh, I would love to see all of you join in on the event, which is happening on Wednesday, January 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific, U.S. time. Uh, That's actually next week. So uh, hopefully everyone can make it. And uh, depending on how the first one goes, I'm hoping to make this a monthly event. Uh, So we'll see how the first one goes. But if it goes really well, then we'll uh, be doing it every month. And of course, it'll have video and audio. So you'll actually get to see us while we're talking, which is kind of cool. Again, it's next week. Wednesday, January 9th at 10 a.m. Pacific U.S. time. And all the information on how to watch, you'll actually see a video player, um, and uh, you'll have a link where you can go to Google Plus to uh, comment is at vishots.com slash live. So today I'd like to introduce Eric Metzler, who is a senior systems engineer at Viewpoint Systems. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much, Michael. Thanks for having me.
0: Eric you know, a lot of, it's been a busy year for you last year. Um, your company uh, has uh, won a product of the year award at uh, NI Week last year for the LabVIEW TSVN toolkit that's on the LabVIEW tools network right now. And that must've been a good, uh, good feeling for you.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely unexpected um, and it was, it was neat to, uh, to win something that, that was that uh, public, um, you know, for something that, that I was doing, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the work that I do with Viewpoint is, uh, you know, we only get to show just a handful of people, you know, typically on on the customer end. So to be able to work on something that uh, was getting that much recognition was uh, was pretty neat. Um,
0: um, we're gonna get into a little bit more about the toolkit, uh, but uh, you know, uh, how long have you been working with LabVIEW, and how did you get started?
1: Well, I've I've been working with LabVIEW I think since uh, uh, two. 2006, I I had actually used LabView a little bit in college. Um, one of my labs, um, probably around 2001 or so, um, we we used it a little bit in one of the labs, and the the you know the professor pretty much kind of spoon fed us what we needed to, to do to create a block diagram and and go through it, and never really explained much about LabView, so I didn't really think much of it at the time, and I kind of look back a little bit, and it frustrates me that I um, you know, didn't get a better introduction to it, because I think I, I would have gotten into it a lot more um, at the time had uh, had I kind of seen what it was really about, rather than just being said, well, here's this, this graphical programming, put a couple of items down on the black diagram, and, and you'll be done. So it was really it. So I never really did anything with it then for uh, a few years, I um, I graduated with an electrical engineering degree and uh, was an RF engineer for about uh, four or five years. And I I started becoming really interested in what I saw around um, uh, the company that I was working for, uh, that the test engineers were using, and and uh, it really kind of appealed to me. And and I've always enjoyed programming. Um, I just never wanted to uh, to do programming as a full-time job where it was it was just programming for um, uh, computer engineering I guess uh, for uh, just the typical Windows software um, I, I always wanted to still do something kind of hands-on with hardware and so when I kind of discovered what LabVIEW was and, and kind of what it did it was really appealing to me and I, I liked the graphical nature of it as well so I um, I took a, uh, at the time it was LabVIEW Basics 1 and 2, and I took those courses actually at Viewpoint Systems, and and a couple of things came out of that. One was I realized this is really what I want to do, and also uh, at some point in time, this is really where I want to work. Um, so I started off by switching to the test engineering department, um, at, I was working at, Harris RF in Rochester at the time, and uh, I switched into test engineering and then um, really got into using LabVIEW daily, and, and you know, it was, it was really neat and exciting to, to learn all this new, new stuff with LabVIEW and, and a lot of the NI equipment and being able to interface with instruments and things like that, and, um, but, but still be able to use my electrical knowledge and uh, design test interface boards uh, things like that. And then, um, uh, and that was that was LabVIEW seven, I think, that I I started in at that time, and and uh, eventually got the got the job at at uh, Viewpoint, and uh, now I use LabVIEW every day and for all kinds of different different things, and you know now I've gotten into RT and FPGA as well, which really is great because it it marries my background in electrical engineering with my interest in software engineering especially the fpga element of it because it really kind of allows me to be a um you know an electrical engineer except i can use software to to design my circuits
0: so you were working at harris communications and uh then you transitioned to viewpoint and i think there's uh an interesting story there as to how you started with viewpoint can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah so i um you know, my first exposure to Viewpoint was actually through the the LabVIEW training courses that that um, that they taught. And I took Basics one and two when I when I first kind of got exposed to to LabVIEW um, and using that for work. And um, like I said, I. I I really th- thought, you know, not only is, is LabVIEW something that I want to I want to use um, as part of my job and you know make a a, or a, um, a core part of my career. Um, I really liked the the people that I got to interact with in those classes, the um, the the teachers, um, as well as uh, some of the other uh, people who were in the classes. I came to viewpoint um, also for. Um, the lab view advanced architectures course um kind of when it was going through a bit of a a little bit of a redesign uh nancy hollenbeck came to teach that and there was there was a couple of people from viewpoint who were also taking the class and, and it really kind of solidified in my mind that you know the more i got talking with these um with the people who worked here you know the more i really liked what they were doing and you know i thought that's what i want to be doing every day and so after a few years of working in test engineering at Harris, I, um, I kind of just decided one day, uh, you know, all right, I'm going to go for it. And, um, you know, of course that it was not necessarily the best time to decide to do that because, um, I happened to be just a few ways, a few days away from having my, uh, my second kid. And so, um, you know, while my wife was in the hospital, I'm, I'm fretting about well you know are they going to call me back about about the interview and um, you know what's going to happen is I I submitted my resume and I decided to uh, to just call up one of the NI sales guys and and say you know hey listen can you get me in in touch with, with somebody at, at Viewpoint and and he said oh yeah here's here's the president's cell phone number and so I, I was kind of uh, you know I was like oh, okay do I do I really want to do, do this and uh, so I called him up and, and it turned out to be, uh, to be really great. I got in for the interview and then you know, things were just so hectic, uh, being just, you know, home with now with two kids. And, and I thought, you know, I, I, went to the, I did the interview and I thought, oh, that, that really didn't go very well. And, and so I thought, you know, maybe it's just a little bit too crazy of a time to, uh, to do this. And, and, uh, I, so I started talking, to them and saying, you know, I don't, I don't think this is the best time. And I said, well, well you know, but we, we really want to have you here. So I talking some more and, and, uh, thought, you know, wow, this, this really would be a great fit. And so I, uh, just a, a few weeks after having, having my second kid, I, I started, uh, working at viewpoint and it's, it's really been, um, uh, just incredible. It, you know, it's, it's been even better than I expected, um just being able to work on all kinds of different projects uh every day or every month is is uh, pretty amazing so
0: yeah it's it's that's great uh and i can i can't imagine having you know expecting your a newborn and also the challenge of looking for a new job at the same time and all that stress that must have been pretty crazy at that time
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was a little stressful i think um i, I was probably um, more stressed about that than um than you know having another kid but uh but it, it turned out really well it was it was for a good reason and um you know i in the end I, I definitely made the right decision for me it was it was uh it was what i really wanted to be doing and, and it, it's it been pretty amazing because i i came to viewpoint and then all of a sudden i i just feel like you know i kind of stepped onto the train myself, but then the train just took off and started going 300 miles an hour. I let, uh, last year I, and the year before I got my CLD, my, my CLA, my CTD, my CTA. And
0: that's, uh, uh my CTA uh, instructor certif- certification. Right. So CPI is instructor certification. CTA is uh, test stand certified, right?
1: Yeah. So the CTA is uh, a certified test and architect. So, um, you know, all of a sudden, in, in just a couple of years, I, you know, went from having my CLAD to having my certified LabVIEW developer, uh, certified, or excuse me, certified LabVIEW architect, certified test and architect, uh, instructor certification. So now I, you know, I teach LabVIEW and test and courses, and then going to the CLA Summit um, earlier in, in 2013 uh, was pretty amazing, too, just being able to um, interface with a lot of other people uh, from all over the country um, that were, we're doing the same kind of thing. You know, I, I work with with a, a lot of you know a lot, a lot of LabVIEW developers, but sometimes it starts to feel like um, you know we're the only ones who are doing this kind of stuff. And, and so uh, going to the CLA summit and getting to meet a lot of other people from with a lot, a lot of other, a lot of very different backgrounds, um, who are all you you know, working uh, with LabVIEW at this really high level was, was pretty amazing. And I really walked away from that experience, um, having made, you know, a lot of new friends and um, and uh, a lot of new experiences.
0: And uh, there's uh, another CLA Summit happening this year in March in Austin. Are you planning on going there?
1: Uh uh, I would like to. I'm, I've uh, kind of put in my in my bid uh, to go. We have several leview architects at, at Viewpoint, so we have to uh, you know kind of figure out who's going to be going going this year. But you know, I'm I'm certainly going to be trying to go every year because uh, so it was it was a great experience last year. I, I learned a lot of a lot of new stuff, and and it really it was kind of neat too because it put a face to a lot of the people who I see. Uh, regularly um, contributing to forums and things like that. So it, it feels like um, it makes it a lot easier to kind of converse with them, you know, uh, in between the times that I see them face-to-face at, um, say, the CLA Summit or NI Week, um, knowing who those people are or what their backgrounds and what their is are.
0: Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Viewpoint Systems and uh, what they do?
1: So we are a, um, a national instruments uh, uh, Select Integrator. We've we've been uh, platinum level status, I think, for the uh, pretty much the the entire time the company has been around. Um, and we just had our uh, 20 year anniversary last year. And we uh, we do uh, systems integration for all kinds of different companies: um, military, medical, um, automotive, and um, we really have all kinds of different customers ranging from end-of-line test applications to, uh, R&D applications where we're, you know, uh, designing some, some kind of, uh, machine that will either interact with a, a, um, a product that's under development or simulate a, a product that's under development. Um, so we really do all all kinds of different things. Um, we do a lot with, uh, embedded, um, uh, applications as well. And also, uh, Things like smart monitoring, um, uh, machine control, um, excuse me, smart machines, um, things like that. So there's there's really a, a pretty broad range here, and we have uh, we have some hardware engineers as well. So we, you know, we do make um, you know custom Flex Rio boards, custom C Rio boards, um, add-ons for SB Rio. Um, there's pretty. It's a pretty broad range, which is. What makes it very interesting to work here? I I get to work on something different uh, almost all the time. Um, you know, every every couple of months I'm I'm working on a new job and learning something new. And I feel like the the two and a half years that I've been here have kind of been like going back to school a little bit. I've um, I've learned a lot about industries and applications that i never even really knew existed. So it's it's been uh, a really great experience uh, working here.
0: Now, with the with the uh, the TSVN toolkit that, uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you your company got product of the year award. How did you get into creating? Because basically, this is a product, and uh, you know, developing a product and putting it out on the market uh, it is a tough challenge. And so, how did you go from you know working on test systems and that type of thing to sort of migrating into into creating this product and, and putting it out there?
1: Um. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. I think I I kind of fell into that a little bit. I've um, I've always had a passion for um, for source control, um, and using that in in any kind of programming that you do. I, it, it frustrates me when I when I see developers, especially experienced developers, who are not who are not using it. And when I started at at Viewpoint, um, the toolkit had actually already been developed by. Um, a, f- a former employee who um, who hadn't been around for a couple of years, so it, nobody had really um, done anything with it, so it was it had kind of stagnated a little bit, and um, and they knew that I I really liked uh, source control and new subversion very well. Um, it played a big role in in my job at at uh, Harris as well, and uh, so when I got here, they said, hey, you know, would you like to would you like to update this and and get it working um there's a couple of features that, that in the newer versions of LabView just uh, were not working anymore and nobody had had the the time to really be able to sit down and, and develop it so um i sat down and started work, working on it and, and it really is uh, kind of a a side job for me you know the at the end of the day we still have to be um we still have to be doing work for customers but this is something that I was passionate about and decided to spend some of my own time working on and um, so I, I got into it and it was really pretty neat being able to kind of work uh, behind the scenes in LabVIEW a little bit and um, you know actually be able to manipulate uh, the Project Explorer and the LabVIEW environment itself um, so it was it was pretty neat to, to get into that and I just started working on it and getting some of the features working again. And uh, the way it turned out, um, I ended up rewriting a lot of the, the, the toolkit. It just, um, some things had changed from the, the earlier versions that it was originally designed with. Um, uh, they had changed in, you know, say, Live View 2010 and 2011, and especially 2012 and 2013. And um, so I've I just kind of got it working Uh, um, again and added some of the features that i thought would be interesting but originally this just evolved as an internal toolkit that um that viewpoint um employees were using um as we use subversion as source control so we decided you know this is something that we find really valuable let's put this out there um on the LabVIEW Tools Network and and uh, let other people use it as well and uh, kind of get our, our name out there as well. And um, uh, As you can tell, the, certainly in the last year, it's it's done that a lot. It's been pretty neat to not only get the award, but to see somebody like Eli Carey just shamelessly plugging it at NI Week and NI Days is, is pretty neat. I mean, if, if there's ever anybody who you want to have uh, promoting your you product, it would certainly be Eli.
0: Yeah, Eli Carey, who uh, works for National Instruments, and he's an evangelist of LabVIEW and software engineering principles. So, yeah, he's he's been promoting your toolkit and uh, source code control in general, because I think a lot of people still, to this day, don't use source code control. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll be amazed how many people uh, just simply don't use it. And yeah. Um, you know, but having the toolkit to make it a lot easier kind of helps get over get over a certain hump because LabVIEW inherently in the environment doesn't have um, well, it has it has some uh, hooks into the project environment for some tools, but not for uh, SVN or Subversion.
1: Certainly not for the um, the full functionality that SVN offers. Um,
0: yeah, and yeah. also you mentioned uh, that you had to go under the hood and, and into the project. So, talk a little bit about some of the challenges you faced. Uh, integrating your tool into the project environment.
1: Hell, there's there's definitely several. Um, you know, to begin with, uh, I I didn't have a whole lot of documentation or anything to work with. So when I first started sitting down and working with the the tool kit, it was just kind of uh, deducing what had been done. You know, f- from you know what the the code that was there. You know, kind of deducing how that integrated with the. Um, with Project Explorer. So there's was, there was a little bit of documentation. Um, um, but it's, it's definitely kind of an interesting uh, environment because you, the VIs don't necessarily always play by the same rules that they do in the normal development environment. Um, there's certain times when uh, you can't, uh, you say uh, you can't, um, Dynamically launch a window or something like that um, without doing some extra tricks uh, to make, make that happen. Um, there's also um, uh, the API to uh, to interface with the Project Explorer is you know it seems to have been developed for NI to be able to do the things that they need to do, but not necessarily thinking as much about well, well, what would other people want to be able to do with the Project Explorer? So there's definitely some times when you know, you, you think you're going to be able to do something pretty easily, and you start going down that path, and then you find out well, there's just something is missing from the API, or um, there's just a feature that isn't there that doesn't isn't going to allow me to do that at all. So I'm going to have to find another way of making that happen.
0: So throughout this process, you were pretty much kind of alone in your company working on this, right? It did so you did the whole thing by yourself?
1: Um, yeah, since I took over from, uh, the previous developer, uh, Mike Weaver. I, yeah, it's, it's just been me working on this. Um, but I definitely can't say I was alone because as soon as I reached out to NI, um, to start going through the process again of getting it recertified and, and uh, making sure that our silver status was up to date, I started working with, uh, David Lattosetta at NI and his LabVIEW tools network team. And they have just been amazing. I mean, for a process that I knew nothing about, um, they have done an amazing job of just really guiding me through it. And, you know, there's a fair amount of, of paperwork and um, kind of checking that goes on to make sure that not only is, is the product, um, you know, kind of safe for people to use in the development environment, but also is it, you know, relatively bug-free. And, you know, they do a pretty good job of of you know, kind of checking my work and making sure that, that everything works the way I tell them it's supposed to. Um, but they've also been just incredible with um, kind of guiding me through those steps. And when I need to put a new version up on the View Tools Network, things like that, they're just incredibly responsive. And I can't I can't thank them enough for uh, for making what seemed to be a little bit of a daunting process at first um, very very easy.
0: Yeah, the whole team uh, from NI that supports the LabVIEW Tools Network is great, and uh, props to them, of course. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what the toolkit is for those that don't know? Um, for those of you that know source code control and know what SVN and, or Subversion is, we're not going to get into those details, but how does, how does the toolkit exactly work? How, how does it expose itself in LabVIEW and... How do you use it in sort of uh, your workflow?
1: So the the end goal of the toolkit in general is just that if I'm using Subversion as source control in LabVIEW, I shouldn't have to leave the LabVIEW environment in order to perform the actions that I need to do in, in Subversion to update code commit code, um, uh, things like that, add new files, uh, delete old files. So what I really tried to do was just bring as much of that into the LiveView environment and make it as seamless as as possible. So um, if you have a VI open that is in in source control, you can go to either the file menu or the tools menu and perform pretty much all of the actions, um, SVN actions on that that file that you would be able to, to perform in Project Explorer or on on the command line if you were using the command line client. Most people who use Subversion are using Tortoise SVN um, as their client, and the whole point was that I shouldn't have to switch back over to Windows Explorer to be able and then have to go na- navigate to that file to be able to perform an action on it. I should be able to just do it right there in the environment. So, so we have the the file menu and the tools menu both have pretty much duplicate um, uh, actions that can be performed from there but also in project explorer um, we have uh, exposed the the same icon overlays that you would see if you had tortoise svn installed Um, in windows explorer you can see those those status icons on each of the files in your, your Project Explorer so you can see when a VI has been modified or if it hasn't been added yet. Um, you can see any of those statuses right there as well as being able to operate on them uh, using the context menu. And more recently, I've also added some quick drop actions so that you can um, you know, quickly update or um, if you're using locking in Subversion. You can, uh, you can lock a VI. Um, so if you open one that's, that's locked and you start editing it and you, you try to save it and LabVIEW tells you, well, you can't save it because it's read-only, uh, you can quickly just pull up Quick drop and do Control-L and that will lock your VI for you and now you have, um, uh, now you have a lock on it and now you can save it and uh, modify it as needed.
0: Now uh, a lot of people uh, will be wondering well how much does this toolkit cost hundreds and thousands <laughs> of dollars but actually the toolkit is free <laughs> and uh, can you describe the decision kind of to keep it because I think it was free and then you you kept it free I mean deciding that versus you know charging for it well, how was that uh, decision made
1: um uh, basically we decided that uh, kind of going back to the fact that this was an internal toolkit it was it was something that we had developed for our own use, and kind of decided that you know we we really aren't a a LabVIEW um, product uh, company. Um, you know we don't we don't make add-ons as a business. Our the main core of our business is um, is systems engineering and contract engineering. So we really just kind of wanted wanted this as a marketing tool to uh, to get our name out there um, to the world.
0: How has that worked for you?
1: Well, its uh, I'd say it's worked pretty well considering the, the amount of publicity that uh, we've received um, at NI Days and NI Week and uh, just being up on the LabVIEW Tools Network and and um, uh, to your credit as well, being able to put that into the uh, VI Package Manager so that uh, now anybody who opens up VI Package Manager can um, is going to be able to, to install it right from there. So, um, you know, that, that certainly adds a lot of exposure is just being in the list of packages and the VI package manager. Um, uh, you know, even if somebody does not see us on the LabVIEW tools network or has not been to NI week or NI days and, and heard about it any other way, you know, they could just be looking through that list and see, you know, what is this TSVN toolkit? And, um, so there's been a lot of different ways that we've, we've gotten exposure and, and, uh, it's been definitely very nice for the company and, and, uh, and nice for me as well. I remember going to the CLA summit for the first time last year. And at some point during the summit, I mentioned that I was the one who was working on the, the Viewpoint TSVN toolkit. And all of a sudden about you know 20 people in the room said, "Oh, you're that that person working on it." So that was that was kind of interesting. I, I didn't quite realize how much, uh, how much it had gotten around how many people knew about it already
0: yeah it's hard to get that feedback when you're kind of sitting in front of your computer working away publishing things and uh, you don't get the immediate uh, response uh, from from people but uh, definitely I'm, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, there's thousands of people using their toolkit how did you like working on it and how does that compare to you know developing test systems or other other automation do you think you would uh, like Better one or the other?
1: I uh, I don't know that I would like one better than the other. It it's actually kind of a nice um, balance with uh, with the main projects that I work on. I mean, um, like I was talking about earlier, I, you know, I think my my main passion lies with with writing software that that's going to control hardware and things like that. But I also have uh, definitely have a passion for LabVIEW, and I want to see the you know, i want to see the developer experience um improved as much as possible and and uh you know and if there's if there's some way that i can contribute to that um you know i'm happy to do it so if even if i help a few more people um use source control in uh in labview i, I think i've kind of accomplished that goal so it's it's a nice balance i don't think i would want to do one or the other exclusively um i really like being able to do to do both
0: in the uh, source code control uh, world uh, I, there's a lot of changes going on and one of them is that there's some new source code control uh, environments and tools that uh, have been introduced the last few years subversion has now become out of fashion and a lot of people are jumping onto things like uh, mercurial and git uh, what do you think about that and uh, how are you going to adapt the toolkit Potentially to to handle these these new source code control environments.
1: Well, uh, we definitely uh, plan to continue to um, you know improve the SVN toolkit. I think um, distributed version control is definitely kind of the way of the future. Um, but I know there's still a lot of people using um, Subversion. But we're, we definitely recognize that you know distributed version control systems like Git and Mercurial are are definitely just skyrocketing right now, and and have become very very popular. So, um, we're actually uh, planning to create a Git version of the toolkit, and um, depending on how that goes, that may evolve into more of a, a general uh, distributed version control um, uh, toolkit for LabVIEW. But um, but definitely starting with with Git. So um, that's something that uh, we've not announced publicly, publicly at all, but um, it's something that we're looking to try to have ready for uh, the LiveView 2014 release at NI Week in, uh, uh, in August.
0: So this is an exclusive announcement, I guess, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that.
0: And can you describe a little bit what distributed version control is for those that don't know?
1: So... Uh, I. I guess I'd start with Subversion, uh, for those who are familiar with it, is considered a centralized version control system. So you have a central repository that exists on a server somewhere, and all of the clients will connect to that to perform any operations. And the working copies that, that clients have basically just represent a single revision of that, of that uh, repository. In distributed version control, you, you you can have a central repository, but it's not required. So every developer actually essentially has an entire their own copy of the entire repo, um, so they have all of the history, and they can make um, commits to their own copy of the repository and then merge those with other developers as as they see fit or if they have a central repository they can be merged with the central repository. Um, it just provides a lot more flexibility with uh, with individual developers. You also don't have to be connected to uh, to the internet to be able to do your work so you can still make commits to your local uh, working copy, and then um, when you're you're connected again, um, or you're ready to share your um, your work with another developer or with the central repository, then you can um, you know push your uh, push your changes to somebody else. Um, the difference is it requires a lot more uh, ability to merge uh, your code because essentially every developer is working with a branch of uh, their own branch of the repository, uh, but the branching is not, it's just kind of inherent by making a copy of the repository on my computer I've made a branch of the person's um, work that, that I copied from, so it's, it's just kind of a different model of version control one is not necessarily better than the other um, but there seems to be uh, certainly a movement towards the distributed version control, and I think for those people who have used it, um, it it's hard to understand why um, why a lot of people like it better until you actually get a chance to use it. And it it is very nice, um, and uh, I think it it works it works pretty well in LabView, uh, but I think there's still some um, uh, development tools like um, merge and diff tools for some some of the other. Uh, File types in LabView that are that still need to kind of come along before uh, the LabView com- community is really going to be able to fully embrace dis- distributed version control. But I know there's a lot of people that are are using it, so that's why we're we're trying to roll out a toolkit that would be kind of equivalent to the Subversion toolkit, um, but for uh, Git developers.
0: Yeah, with the distributed version control versus. Uh, server-based like uh, Subversion, you know, when you, in Subversion, when you do a commit, you're putting pushing the code out to the server at the same time you do a commit. Whereas in distributed, that's one thing I had to get used to was you can actually commit uh, mul- more than once throughout the day and not necessarily push it to the server or to the central location. Um, so that kind of makes you do more frequent commits, I guess. And so let's say you can change a VI and then you can commit it right away. And then uh, the benefit of that, I think, to me is that I can revert back to have a have a better granularity as far as reverting back to specific changes I made. I like that capability, and it's all local, so I don't interrupt or break someone else's code uh, until I'm ready to kind of push all those changes out.
1: Yeah, that that definitely seems to be the the appeal to it. And I, you know, being a kind of an advocate of source code control, I like having the ability to. Uh, commit my changes locally without necessarily breaking somebody else's code. So I, you know, I uh, uh, being able to wait to push those changes until I know that my code is working um, is is definitely a nice feature.
0: And a lot of us uh, who do kind of on-site development, we go to customers or we install systems remotely. We bring our laptops. Uh, you know, we are working there, and most of the times we don't have internet connection. So we can still work on the code in the repository and still do commits like we uh, normally do at the office, which is also pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a, a great benefit for uh, for those of us working externally. And we, we do uh, a lot of the same thing as well.
0: Okay, Eric, uh, it's been uh, great having you on the show. Thanks, thanks for joining us here at VI Shots.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me, Michael. It was, it was definitely a, a fun time.
0: Can you tell people how to get information about the TSVN toolkit and viewpoint systems in general?
1: Well, uh, we have, uh, the way to get, um, information about us would definitely be through our website, viewpointusa.com. Um, there's a page for the TSVN toolkit that you can kind of, uh, get to quicker just by going to viewpointusa.com slash TSVN toolkit. And that will take you to the toolkit, uh, page. Um, but really, I think the best way to uh, to understand the toolkit is just to download it and uh, start using it a little bit.
0: Okay, Eric, thanks a lot.
1: Thank you, Michael.
0: And thank you all for listening to this episode. If you like the VI shot podcast and want to support the show, the best way to do this is to go to vishots.com slash iTunes. That will take you to our listing on iTunes store where you can leave us a review. You can also review our show in whatever app you're currently using. The more reviews we get, the more visible the show becomes to a wider audience. Any reviews are appreciated. If you want to comment directly on anything you hear in today's episode, go to vishots.com slash 35 and post a comment on the show. I'll also have links to the topics mentioned in this episode. Thanks again for listening and bye for now.